Bridge the City. Welcome to Bridge the City, a podcast recorded in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our mission is to bridge together people, resources, and ideas that inspire Milwaukee to action. My name is Benjamin Rangel, and today we have business owner, chef, a real renaissance man here in Milwaukee, Jesus Gonzalez. Jesus is the co-owner of Sokolo Food Truck Park in Walkers Point, located in at 636 South 6th Street. A lot of sixes there. Uh, Sokolo opened up last summer and is home to my personal favorite vegetarian tacos in the city. I would probably just say the world at that point. So it has mazorka, uh, Ruby's bagels, whose rosemary bagels are delicious. And I literally had one this morning. And uh, currently Anytime Arepa. Uh, our mission at Bridges City is to connect residents with people that are making a difference in the community. Jesus is bringing delicious food and vibrant culture to the Walkers Point neighborhood, and so is certainly making a difference. Jesus, thank you so much for being on Bridges City. Ben, thanks for having me. This is, uh, I know we've been wanting to get on this for a while, so thanks for this opportunity. Of course. And did I get all that information right? That was great. Yes. Ruby does have the best rosemary bagels. They are delicious, and we just started trying the... Uh, the cream cheese spread that has uh, cheese and uh, I forget what the other ingredient is, but it's delicious as well. So I'm always trying new things there. Uh, but before we jump into Sokolo, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Uh, you were selected by the Milwaukee Business Journal as one of Milwaukee's 40 under 40. So who is Jesus? Right. Uh, I mean, the, the 40 under 40, it's it's really, I, I owe... Uh, everything to the people I surround myself. I think it's so important that you surround yourself around people that inspire you and are going to motivate you and are going to tell you the truth. You know, and they're going to be really honest uh, when you have bad ideas and good ideas. Uh, but you know, I, I'm you know I'm Jesus. I was born and raised in Milwaukee. Uh, my parents are from Mexico, so that makes me first generation Mexican American. Uh, I was growing up. I was very much involved, you know, in the community. I graduated from high school and I moved to New York City. And, you know, I decided to make that move because I I knew that at some point I wanted to start a business. I didn't know exactly what it was, uh, but I knew I just I needed to get out and experience uh, the world, you know, learn about different perspectives. So I went to New York. I attended the Culinary Institute of America which is in Hyde Park. I was out there. I did the associate's program, and then I stuck around for the bachelor's program. And I graduated, and I moved to New York City. I just wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared to move back to Milwaukee because I didn't really have my idea flushed out. Like you know, I left when I was 18, and I knew that I couldn't come back home until I was prepared to share, you know, with Milwaukee what it is that I you know wanted to do. So I was out there for a total of six years, and you know, I decided to move back home. And when I moved back home, I, I, I had to be honest with myself. I said, okay, with the amount of money that's in my bank account, what can I really do? And I really didn't want to risk any other, you know, anyone's money but myself. So I decided to buy a trailer. I, I, I was looking on Craigslist and I found a 1950 uh, trailer in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So Jesus, were you saving up with the intention of opening a business and you just weren't really sure what the business was. And that's why you had that money to buy the trailer originally. Correct. Correct. So, I mean, you know, and it, it's, it's, I'll tell you, it's tough. Uh, saving. And wait, one, one more question. You said you found a trailer in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Right. And how old was it? It's from, it's from 1950. 
Okay. Yeah. And uh, and how did you find it? Is is this just a Craigslist find or this yeah, was, tell yeah, us about I mean, that? This was me. This is like months of like searching on Craigslist and just finding the perfect trailer. And I was able to convince my brother and a couple of my cousins to drive down to Michigan and, you know, negotiate with the owner and hitch it to our truck and bring it back. I mean, it was an adventure. So I, you know, I was, all right, I have this trailer. I have this food concept. So it took me about six months to put it together. And in uh, July of 2017, I opened up and, uh, I mean, ever since then, I mean, I just, I haven't stopped. And, you know, it was like, it's a constant uphill battle to where we are today. I mean, today we're at Socalo. So in 2017, I opened up my food trailer. And in 2019, I opened up Socalo uh, Food Park with my business partner, Sean Phelan. And so 2017, you opened Mazorka. Correct. You were in New York. Uh, you were getting trained in uh, cooking. You were going to culinary school. Correct. Uh, but where does one, the idea for tacos come from? Is that just something that you picked up in New York? Um, was it always tacos? Were you thinking about something different? Tell us more about that. Yeah. I mean, I think when I was, when I was trying to identify like what my vision was going to be for my business, you know, what was really important to me was being able to share my story and I wanted to share my story through food. So Masorca is the story of a Mexican American kid growing up in Milwaukee. And if you look at my menu, you know, I can, I can tell you there's a story behind every me, uh, menu item. And so I just wanted to share that with, with the public. And I think that's what's been why I've been able to connect with so many people is because it's just I'm pretty much just telling my story. And I'm feeding people while doing that. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is amazing. And the name Masorca, where does that come from? So Masorca is, so it's corn. And there's different stages. I mean, corn is such a beautiful uh, plant. Um, it's, a, it's a crop. And the thing is, it doesn't reach, it's not a masorca until it has matured on the stalk. So in a way, you know, I feel like masorca was only able to happen until I had matured as a, as a, as a, as a person, you know? So I had to, you know, I had to move away and kind of do some soul searching and kind of really mature to be able to be prepared to start my business. And that's kind of like, you know, why Masorca has such a strong meaning for me. And Masorca, I mean, corn is, I mean, it's it's such an important uh, ingredient in our diets as just being Mexican. Uh, and and you know, if you look back at the history, uh, the Aztecs also thought that corn was a gift from the gods and sometimes they use it as currency. So there's a lot of value in this crop in our culture. And I just want to go back a little bit further, too. I'm trying to just get the origin down here. And so you sort of jumped right into the fact that you moved to New York pretty early or after you graduated high school. Right. Um, did you, you went to high school here in Milwaukee? I did. I went to Marquette uh, University High School. Okay, great. I always love to let guests kind of shout out their local high school if they, they went here in Milwaukee. Um, but before that, was there an interest and a passion in just cooking in general? And, and if so, where did that come from? Right. I mean, I feel like in uh, in the culinary arts, it's just a, another way of uh, expressing yourself. So it's another medium. Uh, so there's no, I don't think there's a difference between, you know, an, an artist who paints on a canvas to, to a cook who uses his plate as a canvas. So it just, it allowed me to be creative, um, to kind of share my ideas 
And while being in culinary school, it really opened up, uh, it really opened up, you know, as to what I could do with this skill. Did you grow up cooking? Because I, I mean, you, you're sort of talking about uh, cooking as, as a way to uh, share your yourself and your story with people. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people <laughs> get through, I mean, I had a lot of college friends, for instance, who had never made a meal on their own, right? They can, a lot of people get through their whole life without uh, doing a whole ton in the kitchen. Uh, but who really inspired you, I guess, to, to pursue a life in, in culinary arts? Well, I'm the youngest. I'm the youngest in my family. So I wonder if, you know, being the youngest, you spend a lot more time, uh, you know, close to the kitchen because your mother's there or your aunts or your grandmother, you know, whoever's taking care of you, you know, most likely I was in the kitchen. Just, you know, and I feel like being in that environment at a, at a very uh, early stage of my life, it kind of just exposed, exposed me to that. I think like in middle school, I, you know, I remember just like writing to Bobby Flay and letting him know that, you know, he was one of my heroes. And I don't know, it's just, I think it's being exposed to the kitchen and the, you know, cooking being such a big part in our culture. You know, every, every gathering, every family gathering is revolved around people cooking or everyone in the kitchen. So it's ingrained in our DNA, I guess. And so speaking of cooking and food, right? Uh, if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would that be? That's a tough one. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say it'd be a freshly made corn tortilla with uh, avocado, some cheese, and a little pinch of salt. That's it? That's it, yeah. I'll be happy with that. Uh, and I want to I wanna ask too, since I mentioned in the intro, I'm obsessed with the vegetarian taco at, at Masarka. And you've mentioned that every menu item sort of has a story behind it. Um, is there a story behind the vegetarian taco? And in particular, I'm thinking about that cheese, because I think that's what really makes it. Absolutely. I mean, the, the re- my memory of on Saturday mornings, you know, we'd have my grandmother or my mother make... Uh, Freshly made corn tortillas. I mean, the thing is, it's a lot of work. So you, we don't have fresh corn tortillas every day, right, for breakfast. But on the weekends, you know, we'd have my mother, my grandmother prepare this. And they'd always, you know, cut a piece of cheese that they, you know, made the day prior. Um, and then they'd cut a piece of avocado. And i just throw a pinch of salt on it. And i just eat that. So the, the, the vegetarian taco we serve here, you know, it has the avocado element. It has the guacamole. We do add a little bit of tomatillo just to add a little bit of citrus. Um, and then we top it off with some cilantro. But I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I didn't start searing the cheese when I first started. Um, that was kind of an accident. I was kind of falling behind. I had these large orders of of tacos. And I said, okay, I need this cheese to melt you know, as soon as possible. What can I do? So I threw the cheese on the flat top. And it seared it. And it created this beautiful crust. And it kind of caramelized it. It was amazing. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make every vegetarian taco the same. So it was an accident. And yeah, a beautiful accident. Uh, last time I was at Masorca, I, I had five uh, five vegetarian tacos in one sitting. So we've talked about Masorca. We talked about sort of your, your past and uh, how your interest and passion with cooking came about. But uh, you mentioned in 2019, this past summer, you started a different venture, the, the food truck park Sokalo. Can you talk a little bit about how that came to be? Absolutely. So 
I was, if you can remember, I was I used to post up on First and Pittsburgh, uh, right on the border of Walker's Point and the Third Ward. And I realized that being on that corner, you know, I had a couple of food entrepreneurs approach me and, you know, we'd spark a conversation about the food scene in Milwaukee and how we just needed a space where we can all kind of come together as a food truck operator and really kind of like, wow, Milwaukee. And I was like, you know, we can definitely do that. We can build a community. You know, we have the space. We have the people. Started talking to my partner, Sean Phelan. He's a developer here in Milwaukee. He's also very, you know, he's a good friend and he's a mentor to me. And we started having this conversation about, you know, if we created a food truck park in Milwaukee, where would we put it? And he had been traveling um, and had experienced, you know, what an outdoor food truck park looked, uh, you know, felt like. And, you know, after a while, we, we traveled, you know, we checked out a couple of food truck parks. And we decided that Walker's Point was, you know, it was, this is, so, the, the, the word socalo, it means a square, a plaza. And we were like, Walker's Point is positioned in Milwaukee to be the plaza of Milwaukee. You know, it's accessible by highway, you know, right by downtown. We're, we're probably like five minutes away from down to the Pfizer Forum. We have plenty of parking, plenty of space for outdoor seating. So we just felt, we, I mean, we, we saw the site and we fell in love with it immediately. And I guess I'm interested too. You mentioned the inception of Masarka came from you and your, uh, some buddies driving to Michigan for, uh, or in order to pick up the trailer. I mean, and I'm interested in sort of the the starting the, the whole process of starting a business. I think at Bridges City we have we might have some listeners who are interested in entrepreneurship, and we've had entrepreneurs on the podcast in the past. So what has been the most like challenging part about starting a business? Uh, you can either talk through the lens of Masorka, your your first business, I suppose, but then also now the newest innovation from you. Right. I, mean, I guess I've been extremely fortunate to have, like I said in the beginning, it's having the right people around you. Uh, because when, you've, when you, you create a vision and it's completely different from what already exists in your community, you're gonna constantly be you're gonna constantly be you know faced with challenges or obstacles, and people might not believe in it, and there's gonna be days where you're kind of like thinking to yourself, you start doubting yourself sometimes, and if you don't have the right people around you to kind of like to motivate you and to support you, and to be there to have a conversation where you're just like not feeling it, um, I think that's really important, and sometimes you know, not everyone has that support you know that support group around them. So I guess my advice to people would be, you know, put a lot of thought behind who, you know, who are the people you're going to allow yourself to be around. Because based on that, you know, you can really tell if you're going to be able to push forward and, you know, really bring your vision to life. So you mentioned Sean Phelan, your business partner. Uh, how did you two get connected? Or are there other people, too, that you're connected with? And, and how do you go about actually finding these people who are so impactful and influential in your, uh, you know, in your life? Yeah, so I I met Sean Phelan uh, when I was twelve years old, actually. Um, so I met we so my family met his wife uh, through my sister. So Sean's wife is a, a pediatrician, and she was working over at the Sixteenth Street Clinic. My sister was interested in the uh, medical field, so she connected with Lucia, and we invited the Phelans over for for family you know party 
during the summer. And at the party, I was, you know, I think I was making a couple cocktails and I was 12 years old. And my mom had, you know, asked me to make uh, John a cocktail. So, you know, there I am preparing it for him. And we started having a conversation. And Sean also is, he's, he's a food enthusiast. So we connected. And throughout high school, they, you know, they welcomed, they welcomed me into their home and I would prepare uh, once a month, I'd, uh, I'd prepare a dinner for their family and friends. And they'd allow me to do whatever it was that I wanted to do. So they created this cool space, you know, where I can just create. And when it came time to, to look into culinary schools, they were extremely supportive of helping me find, you know, resources um, and just making that transition out there. So I've always been in contact with Sean. So to answer your question, like what, what can people do to, to make these connections is being able to network, being able to, to not be afraid to talk about what you're trying to accomplish and not being afraid to ask questions. And it sounds like, too, one thing that I've heard in past interviews and I think is a trend and that is tricky about networking is that it sounds like your relationship with with Sean was in some ways organic and serendipitous. But it also sounds like it was it was uh, genuine and it was a long term relationship. So you've known him for um, do the math quick here, uh, 16 years and. And, and, you know, it was, uh, what is that, 14, 13 years before Mazurka came along. So this relationship that you'd been fostering and, and stewarding for for 13 years really ended up being essential in some ways um, to your life right now, which is sort of wild to think about. And I think is encouraging for people uh, to just, you know, think about the relationships in their life and, and try to foster those ones that they feel are genuine and that can just be real and authentic. Right now, as we're interviewing this, small businesses around the country and certainly here in Milwaukee have been devastated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, some restaurants have just closed entirely or, you know, uh, the amount of revenue has, has been hit or employee, employees have been let go, so on and so forth. How is um, how are you doing and, and how is uh, the food truck park and everything doing uh, given everything that's happening? Right. So, I mean, for us, like the most important thing is making sure that our that our team is safe and our customers are safe. So, you know, at first it kind of hit us hard. You know, we had to really, you know, take a step back and really just assess what to do moving forward. Um, luckily, we, you know, we've been working. I, uh, I recently invested in this app called Cash Drop. So my buddy Ruben Flores, he's from Milwaukee. He recently moved out to Chicago, created this app. It's called Cash Drop. Pretty much any entrepreneur that sells an item can get on this platform. And what it does is it allows the the consumer to make the transaction from the the entrepreneur. So how do they do it? It's all through their phones. So you can order on your phone, you can go on their website and order, and there's no fees to the entrepreneur, which is huge. Because a lot of these like third-party services that that allow people to order things online, there's a fee for the entrepreneur. So Cash Shop has eliminated those fees for the vendor, which is huge. So here at the park, every food truck is utilizing Cash Shop. So customers can place their order on their phone and they get a text message when their food's ready. So all they do is come in and they pick up their food and take it to go. So you've been really able to limit the person-to-person interaction with you know ordering out. That's really good to hear. And so um, if people are listening to this and maybe they're already fans of the food and 
uh, just amazing stuff that you have been a part of and are producing here in the city, um, or maybe they're, they're learning about the food truck park for the first time, how can people support right now? Is it simply uh, just, you know, buying buying as many tacos and, and bagels and arepas as they possibly can? Or So check this out. So May 1st, um, starting May 1st, we are going to have six food trucks on site. And these are our resident food trucks. So we have Mazorca Tacos, Fantel's, which they do uh, burgers and fries. We have Anytime Arepas, uh, which is, they sell arepas, which is like a Venezuelan, um, I, call it, I, like, I call it like a pita sandwich. But it's not a, I mean, it's not pita, obviously. It's their version of it. We have uh, Foxfire, which is, you know, they have this Nashville fried chicken sandwich, which is amazing. We have Scratch Ice Cream. And we have Ruby's Bagels. So May 1st, we'll have all these vendors on site. We have limited hours. We'll be open for lunch and dinner. Uh, we will have a break in between. And then on the weekends, we'll be open all day. So just you know, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, so you can stay updated with our hours. Uh, but just come through. Come through and place orders through Cash Drop. Every operator has their own Cash Drop account. All that information is linked on our website, Instagram, Facebook. But just come on and support us. We're also going to start bottling our michelada mix. So a michelada is the Mexican version of a Bloody Mary. So we have our own blend of spices, uh, tomato juice. Uh, but instead of adding vodka, we add beer, a light beer. So it's, it's, a very, it's a great drink to have on a Saturday morning or Sunday. Uh, or if you're hungover. So. And I, I think one thing I do want to ask about, um, I've been able to work with a friend of, uh, of a friend and business partner, I guess, of yours, Karen Oliva. And the two of you did something that sort of transcended the food scene here in Milwaukee. You all started a magazine called Why Not Me? And we're hoping to have a future episode to talk about the specifics uh, around that magazine. But can you just briefly talk about how that project came to be? Yeah, I mean, that project, so that project came along you know, it was, it was an accident, to be honest. Like, it was just like our group of friends, we had this cool idea of the, the purpose behind it is we wanted to motivate the youth in our community. So what's the best, best way of doing that is sharing stories of people who have come out of our community and are, are successful. So Karen Oliva is a very talented uh, photographer, and she was spearheading this project. And we were just really interviewing people who have gone against, against the grain and really pursue their dreams, have visions, and are bringing them to life. Yeah, and definitely for our listeners, make sure you just tune into Birch's City. Again, we're hoping to have um, have you all on to talk more about the magazine and, and what they can expect from the second issue. At Bridge the City, our uh, motto is that sound bites aren't solutions. Uh, in order to make a difference, you need to do something, right? So we're all about action here at Bridge the City. If uh, somebody's listening to this, uh, we've already said that they can support the food truck park and Mazurka and all the businesses there by, you know, just uh, hitting hitting you all up and, and getting some food when they're hungry or getting some bagels um, for the morning. If you were to provide some action step to our listeners and how they can get involved and make a difference in the community, what would you say to them? I have this tagline in Spanish. It's, it's very short, but it's very impactful. It's animo. Animo means like get up and go. You know, it's like have joy in whatever it is that you do, because if you do things with happiness, I mean, work, you can't go wrong. So just have the energy 
to go out and create the world anymore. Thank you so much for listening to Bridge the City. My name is Benjamin Rangel, and you just heard from one of Milwaukee's 40 Under 40, a local entrepreneur and the creator of the best vegetarian taco in the world. Look for ways to continue to support Sokolo going forward here if you have not already. Uh, I personally have gotten bagels from Ruby's almost every weekend since the Safer at Home order was established. Please rate and subscribe Bridge the City whenever you can. Uh, and wherever you listen to podcasts, follow us on social media and heed the action step provided by Jesus here. Animo. As always, let us know how you have helped. Bridge the city. Bridge the city.